0: Coming up on the WAC podcast, it's our first ever pod from the state of Texas and pretty appropriate I guess that we have Battle of the Piney Woods week as Sam Houston faces Stephen F. Austin on the gridiron for the 96th time ever and we're going to talk to Casey Keeler, the head coach of the Bearcats, plus Kendra had a WAC road trip to southern Utah. She'll tell us all about that including a chance encounter with the GOAT of WAC football, and we'll recap some volleyball, men's soccer, women's soccer. That's all I have on the WAC Podcast.
1: Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan.
2: Well, here we are in the great state of Texas. Everything is bigger here, as they say, including the
0: bugs. Including the rivalries. And the
2: rivalries.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was getting at. Yeah, we're we're here in Arlington. We're at the future uh, site of our WAC office where we'll be moving in here just in a couple of weeks and we're going to have some big uh, announcements coming up with that. But happy to be here in Arlington, Texas. And not where we're facing right now where we're recording the podcast, but if we turn around the other way you would see jerry world
2: at t stadium we have a beautiful view of the stadium of course right next door to that i do believe it's the ranger stadium as well Life so, field. field so we got six flags six flags i mean this is a cool place
0: it is a cool place and we're in the state of texas and the biggest rivalry in the WAC, at least this year uh, meaning 96 years it's at NRG stadium in houston sam houston playing Stephen f austin for the battle of the piney winds
2: and this is the 96th meeting of the two programs and likely to be essentially the last i mean depending on how scheduling goes but yeah, it's not yeah, going to be a rivalry
0: yeah, coach keeler yeah he, he really indicated that this, this was is it this was the end of the rivalry uh of course sam houston will be leaving the WAC next year going to uh, conference usa and will be playing fps football uh so they're in, currently transitioning Whereas uh, Stephen F. Austin, they, they I mean, you, you wonder what the pressure is there. Lost 10 in a row in this rivalry. Um, they had the game won last year, and then, and then Sam Houston came back, and it was a classic game, but not the way the Lumberjacks wanted it. So you got to think they're really geared up for this one.
2: And I don't believe that this season has necessarily started the way head coach Colby Carthol has wanted for the Lumberjacks. And so this is obviously a big one. And and like Coach Keeler will mention later on in the podcast, whoever gets the trophy goes home with it. You know, (laughs) they get to keep it.
0: They do. And uh, so Stephen at Boston this past week, might have seen it. I was watching the Ohio State-Wisconsin game, and they brought (laughs) in the the score of the – Stephen F. Austin, Warner game, 98 to nothing. whack record, most points in a game. Most points half. Four
2: different and, quarterbacks, I
0: believe. They're, they're getting a lot of heat for this. Yeah. And, and part of the issue, a little behind the scenes here, there was a, the, the football schedule was made. We had Incarnate Word, we had Lamar in the football schedule. And when they dropped out late, so Incarnate Word late in June, Lamar in July, the football schedules had to be reconfigured, and so uh, Stephen F. Austin—you can't, you can't just play whoever, right? You have to play whoever has an opening that week. Tried to get another team, couldn't get them to come in. So they instead they scheduled Warner at NA high school. Kobe Carthel played four different quarterbacks. Um, so obviously, you look at the score, ninety-eight to nothing. Oh my goodness, what are they doing? He had a defensive back playing quarterback at the end of that game. So it. it I mean, unfortunately, Warner is not a very good football team. And right. They weren't even able to stop the defensive back playing quarterback. Right. But what is Stephen F. Austin supposed to
2: do? Yeah.
0: At that point. I yeah. mean, you're, you're playing a football. Game.
2: And, I mean, 98 I nothing mean, is obviously extremely high. But I also feel like that pressure comes when you're looking at, you know, even when teams are up by so much, even when you see it when we saw um, – the Southern Utah Utah game I think that score was 73 to 7 and I remember talking with some of my friends about it and they're like man like wait do they why do they just run up the score and it's like that pressure because you want to have all these points because it comes down to the committees at the end so there's always that nobody ever wants to pull back now of course this is different a little bit different situation where you know they're putting a defensive back as quarterback and, and obviously Warner is not a good football team but you know there's 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 always that, you know, just keep going, keep going. As long as the committees are saying, you know, we want to look at big wins, we're not, you know, nobody is showing anybody any mercy.
0: And as a student athlete, um, I mean, I'm going to go way back. I'm going to go back to Danner's high school days. Oh, man. And there was a a point in time when I was not getting a whole lot of playing time.
2: Okay. This
0: is a sport of basketball. Okay. This is high school. This
2: is high school. When I got in,
0: varsity. When I got in the game, I didn't care if we're up 30 down 30 balls going up
2: yeah
0: <laughs> okay? okay and i am trying my best to compete at the level i want to compete yeah so to expect someone to dial it back i mean i guess you can call different plays what have you but you, you're you're going to still try your best when you're on the field especially in the sport of football where you can get hurt you yeah. don't want to be you can't, half, you can't half half do it right. yeah you got to be all the way so anyway that game coming up this week, and that is a big one, Battle of the Piney Woods perhaps for the final time this year. You will be there on uh, on the field, so yes. that's going to be exciting in Energy Stadium in Houston.
1: Yeah,
2: definitely be sure to uh, follow along all our social media channels, especially our Instagram, our Instagram story. I'll be on the sidelines trying to you know capture that environment for one potentially last time, um, and we'll see that Friday, there might be some cool things going on that I'll try and get, um, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hype it up for the weekend. I mean, it should, be, it should be a really, really good battle. I mean, last year, it was, you know, Stephen F. Austin's game to, to lose, and, and they did, I guess it would be. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, we speak to head coach Casey Keeler in just a bit, and, and he breaks it down. Like, this is, this is the week where he pulls a cot into his office and they game plan because it is such a rivalry.
0: And you said uh, you'll be talking with uh, Trey Self uh, on Thursday, uh, the quarterback for Stephen F. Austin, four year starter. And so, you know, nothing he would like better than to have that, uh, uh, that check mark on his resume that uh, wins the Battle of Piney Woods.
2: Certainly. And you win the last one, you might just make up for all the others.
0: <laughs> now, speaking of rivalries, you just were in Cedar City, Utah for the renewal of the Southern Utah versus Utah Tech rivalry. And tell us uh, about your trip there. And, and you had a, a chance encounter with the GOAT, Steve Young. We had our, our whack Goat football contest, 60th anniversary of whack football. Steve Young comes out on top and he was at practice.
2: I know, I couldn't even believe it because I wanted to tell him like, hey man, you were the whack football GOAT in case you didn't know. But we didn't <laughs> really, it was a very uh, fast interaction. Uh, but. You know, first want to thank everyone at Southern Utah. It was an incredible trip, amazing hospitality. It's beautiful out there. Their football field, the mountains are in the oh, background. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just gorgeous. But uh, yeah, so I got, I flew on Friday. I got to uh, Cedar City around five o'clock when they were finishing up practice, and uh, saw head coach Delaine Fitzgerald. He said, "Hey, stick around. We got Steve Young coming." And I was like, "What? Oh my goodness!" So he's he's longtime friends with Mindy Benson, who is. SU's new president. She was being inaugurated that weekend, actually that day. And so he was speaking there, and then he stopped by practice before uh flying out that day. But uh he told a story to the guys, and first he wanted to to emphasize how important each snap is. He goes, I miss football. Yeah, Steve Young. He was like, you know, I miss football every day. And he goes, When it's done, it's done. He goes, I what do you do? Go play with, you know pick up some guys and go play. He's like, you just don't do it. He's like, sometimes yeah, not today, like you
0: play basketball or golf. Or something right. Like that, right.
2: So he's like, I'm so jealous of you guys. But then he told this story about how when he was a young quarterback with the 49ers, Joe Montana had just left the team, but had a lot of friends in the locker room that weren't happy about the situation, how, uh, Steve Young was going to be the quarterback. And so he would make some mistakes and he would get made fun of by some of the guys. And he said it was just kind of like an awful situation. But then Ronnie Lutt, a guy on the team, said, Ronnie, Giannis, Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott. Yes. Ronnie Lott. Yes. Uh, said, uh, you know, this is our guy. This is our quarterback. And I've got your back. We need to have his back. And he said, I got your back. And looked him in the eye. And he says he gets emotional because he's like, that really changed for him. Somebody's saying that. So he he kind of emphasized, let's. You guys need to go out there, have each other's backs. And, uh, you know, that year they they won a Super Bowl. And so he, uh, at the press conference afterwards, when Southern Utah does come out on top, I asked Robert Ward, who had two interceptions. He was huge. In
0: the fourth quarter. In the
2: fourth quarter. And he was like, hey, man, we got coaches back. That was the word. I got your back. We got coaches back. And so it really stuck. And it was just super cool. And then, of course, uh, Steve Young threw a pass to wide receiver Isaiah Wooden. (laughs) <laughs>
0: and everyone cheered, and then, and then he left. <laughs> well, to, to be honest, I, I have always been Team Steve Young. Team
2: Steve Young? And
0: so when he went to the 49ers, so he was, uh, there was the USFL uh, came on as a rival league for the NFL, and he was one of the players who signed with USFL, Los Angeles Express. Ah. Story time of banner now. Yeah, you know. okay. Uh, so USFL folds, uh, the players then go to the NFL. He was actually the first pick uh, by Tampa Bay. So he goes to Tampa Bay, initially, doesn't uh, pan out the way they expected. They then draft Vinny Testaverde uh, as the number one overall pick. Then they trade Steve Young to San Francisco, who already has Joe Montana. Joe Montana, one of the greatest players of all time, Hall of Famer. But I was always of the opinion Steve Young didn't get his due. So when Joe Montana got injured, Steve Young came in and played even better, I thought. Ah. And there was a little bit of a debate, like who's better. Prevailing opinion, though, was that Joe Montana was the better player. Joe Montana gets traded to Kansas City. Steve Young takes over. They win the Super Bowl. There's a famous uh, shot of Steve Young with the trophy and a guy pulling an imaginary monkey off his back because that was the monkey on his back. He had not won the Super Bowl since Montana had been traded. Ah. Six touchdown passes in that game. So fast forward to me That's working huge. as a as a local uh, sports-slash-news reporter in Colorado Springs getting Barry Helton punter for the Niners during that time, Steve Young and Joe Montana's there. Since they have so much money invested in those two guys, Barry Helton was the emergency quarterback because he was the he was the punter. So he was in all the meetings with Steve Young and Joe Montana. So I said, Barry, tell me, tell Timmy straight. who's the better quarterback? Joe Montana Steve thinking this was going to solidify my opinion that I had had for all these years He says, (laughs) "John." So anyway, I'm still team Steve. Young guy's a hall of famer. That's right. The you know, greatest black player of all time, two-time black player of the year. My phone even thinks it's it's a good thing. So (laughs) uh, anyway, so so you get to be there for the game. Southern Utah, by the way, now three and one. Yeah. They they have uh, I believe tripled their win total from last year.
2: Yeah, they, they won one game. I believe they were, let me let me double check, Uh-oh. but I believe they were winless at home.
0: Yeah, they had not won they it had, quite so bad. Yeah. they won that opener. So, I think it had been since like 2018, 2019. Yeah. Of course, there was the COVID year, all that. But Delaney Fitzgerald comes in there now, 3-1. They looked really good. They did look really good.
2: Yeah,
0: they, they beat Utah Tech, and then uh, this week they will be on the road at Eastern Kentucky.
2: Yeah, it was, um, let me tell you, that rivalry, we say that rivalry is renewed. I mean, it was a sold-out stadium, Eccles Coliseum. There was, the the fans, especially the students, section. they were on their feet the whole time. It was loud. It was a lot of fun. And just the energy is different there now. And, and one of the things that Delane Fitzgerald talked about was it was a, They had to change the culture that was at the program. If you talk to some of the guys who are like, after you go through a season where you go 1-10, in you're you're pretty much willing to try anything because nobody wants to go through that again. And so Coach Fitzgerald comes in. He brings um, a handful of guys, actually, from Frostburg State. One of them on the defensive side, Josh Dunn, who is... Uh, top three on the team in tackles. So a lot of guys from Frostburg, there's a lot of the coaching staff that are also from Frostburg State. And you know, it really just seems like everybody, those guys who were there, those guys who weren't there, have completely bought into this system and they looked really, really good out there. Now of course there were there were some penalties that that Southern Utah had that were not great. But after that, so they would take a penalty, it would be a really bad play. That next play typically, you know, was I remember, you know, um, huge penalty, and then they sacked the QB right away. So they really they have this mindset of next play. They're really, uh, I guess it's short, short memory. And um, you know, I, I think they're a team that you really need to look out for. Of course, I don't think Utah Tech had their best game. Kobe Tracy um, threw two interceptions in the fourth quarter that really just was the nail in the coffin for them. So don't don't you know give up on Utah Tech this year. They're still they're still a pretty good team. But Southern Utah really made a statement.
0: They did, and uh, three and one. Now, not the only three and one team in the league. Tarleton also uh, three and one. They arguably had the biggest win of the week in the WAC, winning on the road at North Alabama, forty-three to twenty-eight. And once again, Bo Allen, another outstanding game. He is our Ticket Smarter uh, WAC Offensive Player of the Week. Adrian Guzman, their outstanding kicker, is our WAC uh, Special Teams Player of the Week. Brought to you by Ticket Smarter as well. So. Tarleton uh, has the week off, and then they will be at Southern Utah the following week. But they are three and one. As is Abilene Christian, they take care of Western New Mexico thirty-four to seven, and now West, uh, Abilene Christian will be at Utah Tech on Saturday night at uh, seven o'clock Central Time.
2: Yeah, we got three. I think.
0: I'm looking at. I'm trying to remember Central Mountain now. I don't know if our website's public. Oh, at least.
2: I don't even know.
0: I don't even know.
2: So it, it could be seven Central. <laughs> it could be Mountain. It could be well. Yeah, Utah is Mountain. Okay. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Maybe maybe we decided to change the website to Pacific just for fun. Maybe we put it
0: East. I don't know. I think I uh, think that's a good question.
2: <laughs> so it could be six, five, seven, eight. <laughs> In
0: the evening, I'll but uh, yeah, Keith Patterson's off <laughs> to a three and one start. Tarleton a three and one start Utah, Southern Utah, and a three and one Ooh. start. So, and then the, the winner of the Sam Houston Stephen F. game. That, that'll you know they're they're going to be in pretty good shape as well, record-wise. Now, Sam Houston not eligible for the WAC championship this year as they are transitioning to uh, FBS, and they are also not eligible for the NCAA playoffs this year in FCS.
2: Right, Stephen F. though is two and two so they're yeah. looking to pick up potentially their third but
0: their, their two losses are that, that first game of the year against jacksonville State and right. louisiana tech those uh, two so fbs fbs teams so yes so. uh women's volleyball we have uh at our first uh conference matchups this past weekend uh only one team sitting at two and oh currently that is UTRGV in conference they are now 13 and 4 overall UTA had a big win at Grand Canyon. That went five sets. I think it was, what, 17 to 15 in that fifth set? Yeah. Like 16, 14, where you have to win by two. Um, so they have now won seven in a row. So the Mavericks, uh, a team to watch out for. Utah Valley also started 2-0 and with uh, UTRGV. And then Abilene Christian also at 1-0 and to start the year. And then a whole bunch of teams start one and one this this uh, past week.
2: Yeah and I also while I was in the beautiful city of Cedar City (laughs) I did get a chance to go to the Southern Utah Utah Tech rivalry oh yeah the volleyball match yes and so Southern Utah actually dropped the first set and then went on to win the next three Um, so they pick up their first win of the uh, of the conference season um,
0: yeah, big win for them because that was just their second win of the season.
2: Yeah, yeah, they were they were one in nine before that, and I think a lot of expectation going in.
0: And Utah Tech had, had a pretty good start too, so that was a pretty. They good, were yeah. six and
2: four. Yeah, so it was kind of going in, you know, hopes weren't high, I guess, in the in the arena for Southern Utah, but they they came out after that first. They dropped the first set, and their head coach spoke to me afterwards, and she was like, you know, we we. The word of the day was to just stay in it, to fight, and to keep keep fighting. And after they dropped that first one, I think that really, that mantra kind of took off because it was close, but they really went on a roll.
0: Speaking of Southern Utah, Utah Tech, they are both atop the WAC women's soccer standings, both at 3-0-1, and this is, I think, a bit of a surprise at this point in the year. These were two teams not picked to finish near the top. Of the standings now again we're just four matches in but three wins no losses one tie for both of them and they both had the the uh, road trip uh, to Texas this past week California Baptist two and zero and they have uh, knocked off a couple of pretty good teams here Kendra and, and as they defeated Grand Canyon uh, last week and then this past week they beat Seattle U one to nothing so Grand Canyon Seattle U of course traditional powers in the sport of women's soccer and the WAC, of so two big wins for California Baptist, Of course, everybody's eligible for the WAC tournament this year, so could have a very different look as uh, we get closer to Seattle, and that'll be that first week in November. I'm going to head out there, uh, I think, on uh, Halloween. No way? Yeah. Halloween.
2: How about that? Halloween in Seattle. Are you going to bring a costume? Hey, what,
0: what do you call a hot dog with no meat? A bun? A Halloweeny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? Bad
0: jokes. jokes great. happening?
2: Are you going to bring a costume, do you think? I'm, uh,
0: negative. I, I mean, think I would be on the plane, I think uh, I'd be escorted off by security.
2: I feel like you should. Uh,
0: you know, I mean, I, I'm going
2: to I might be in, well, I believe that weekend I will 100% be in Nacogdoches. Um, for that is uh, cross country October 31st Uh,
0: so October 29th. Yeah. Is, is that so if you're still the there 30th, two days later i think i might there. just
2: want to stay <laughs> and see an how history. they do they do halloween <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know but i booked my hotel for four days <laughs> just
0: gonna hang out
2: yeah everyone else is staying one night but i decided you know what i need to stay for four days
0: <laughs> um <laughs> I, I don't know what you're gonna be doing Halloween, but that's not it. Or
2: treating, uh, you're it
0: yeah so <laughs> men's soccer uh Gets underway this week. So this will be the first week of conference play. I say that get underway. They've been underway for quite some time. But conference play gets underway this week. Kind of something unusual in the middle of the season. The Houston Baptists changed their name. Yeah. They're now Houston Christian. Interesting. Officially like boom as of last week.
2: Yeah, we just got an email, and it was like, I don't even think we knew this was in the works, that this was something they were even thinking about
0: doing. So Houston Christian (laughs) is is now the name, and they are, of course, in the WAC and and men's soccer, but the Air Force UNLV start things off on Friday. We have Grand Canyon at Utah Tech, Houston Christian at San Jose State, UTRGV at Seattle U. As we start conference play this week, and you're going to be at uh, California Baptist for the WAC men's soccer tournament, and that'll be... That week of, uh, of November twelfth, so November thirteenth will be the championship, and you'll be heading to CBU for a whack road trip.
2: That's right. Got to start watching all these games and uh, preparing for that championship. Taking notes, taking notes, preparing, and uh, that'll also be pretty exciting because we'll be able on that whack road trip, sponsored by Geico. You'll be able to uh, see California Baptist men's basketball team. Believe they uh, yeah, to men's, ball, men's
0: had Women's season. Basketball like, both home so. that same week, as well as hosting the soccer tournament, at their brand new stadium, yeah, CPU. So that's going to be exciting as well. Speaking of exciting, Battle of the Mighty Woods this week, we're going to talk with Casey Keeler coming up next on the WAC Podcast. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference, and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner and Kendra Sheen. We are now joined by Casey Keeler, the head coach and Sam Houston coach. Welcome back to the show. I got to imagine... Battle of the Piney Woods week uh, is is crazy for you. Kind of tell us a little bit about maybe what's what's different about this week as you we prepare for Stephen F. Austin at the NRG Stadium
1: this Saturday. When I use the word hate, I try to save it for like world hunger. Like we hate world hunger. No, there's a hatred here for about four hours on a Saturday afternoon uh, in NRG Stadium. Uh, you have two programs just that really do not get along. I mean, it is really pretty cool. Um, the intensity, the the passion, you know, the fact that you're playing not only for yourself, but you're playing for all the guys who've played this game before. It, it's really cool. And, and I, I tell the story about my first battle of the Piney Woods, uh, my wife and my son were, he was heading to, to to LA to move. And so she was driving with him and they, the ride was not going well you can imagine you know it's a long ride and whoever's driving doesn't like how the other one's driving and not driving and so I get a phone call from them and I'm like listen just I hope you are alive when I talk to you next but I have to worry about this game I mean I'm starting to feel the intensity of this game coming on you could just feel a building and then after the game, we were fortunate enough to win. I remember walking off the field with our athletic director, Bobby Williams, and saying, you didn't do this game justice. Like, this is really crazy. Like, the fans in the stands and the play on the field, I mean, it's there's a lot of energy a lot of passion. It's pretty cool. And we, just like Stephen of Austin, recruit this game. This is a go play in a big-time atmosphere, go play in a pro stadium, Go play in a rivalry game—one of the longest rivalries in the country, one of the top four in Texas—and um, it's something you'll remember forever.
3: Now you, this is the 96th meeting. Of these two programs, Sam Houston has won the last 10. And this is something we talked about before the season that, you know, depending on how scheduling goes in the future with Sam Houston transitioning to FBS, that this could be the last battle of the Piney Woods as we know it. And so how important is it? You win. You might have won 10, but if you don't go away with the trophy this time, you know, what does that mean for the program? How big is this exact game? For- right. whoever
1: wins, is, Whoever wins is keeping the trophy. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to play them and they're not going to play us. It doesn't make sense unless we're both at the same level in terms of you wouldn't have a rivalry game with a a, a team in a division below you. It it really would not be good business. Uh, So this is the last time. And, you know, part of me is excited because I just like to get this win and can say I never lost uh, Stephen F. Um, but also, you know, part of me is like, wow, what what a great tradition we're losing, and what a great rivalry. And uh, I mean, I have tremendous tr- tremendous respect for Colby. He does such a great job uh, with his players, and and uh, you know, how how good the program has gotten. You know, I appreciate uh, you know playing a great opponent like them.
0: Coach, uh, we talked to you back at uh, football media day at the Woodlands uh, back in July, and and I know there were, were some questions as far as how the team would look this year as you do this transition to FBS, Jordan Yates uh, came in. Uh, we, we saw one of the most spectacular plays uh, we've seen uh, actually in the two years since Wack brought the football back with the flip into the end yep. zone uh, play. I, I know he was injured uh, in part of that game and he had some other guys banged up. Did you have an idea what uh, who, who's going to be uh, playing quarterback and who, who some of the other guys that might be back this week are?
1: Yeah, you know um... – what an amazing play and you can see one of the reasons why we went with Jordan is that tremendous athleticism. Um, But Keegan, you know, was actually going to come in during that game. You know, we, we had made the decision. He was going to get the second series of, of the second half. If we didn't think Jordan was playing as well as we needed him to play. And, you know, I, I really think i have a good football team. And I really like this team. We've struggled at the quarterback spot. And, you know, when they touch the ball hundred percent of times when your quarterback's not playing well, no one's playing well. And so I think part of it is the fact that um, I should have probably done a better job um, bringing Jordan along in terms of maybe getting Keegan in a couple of series. Cause sometimes when you just get off the side, just get off to the sideline and just see someone else playing, you know, just kind of get your breath. Um, And, you know, we just, you know, we, we realized that, you know, he was only here for a spring but he won the battle during training camp. Uh, but you know, when he got off to a slow start, uh, we didn't want to have a quick, a quick, uh, you know, hook and we gave him some rope and, and eventually we said, okay, you know, Keegan has to go in and I thought Keegan came in gave us great energy and, and got the offense moving again. So, um, Jordan went down with, in, with some injuries and he's all banged up. Um, but we think he still has a future and, uh, you know, Keegan is just that steady Eddie guy um you know ball comes out of his hand really quick makes really good decisions athletic enough that he can make plays very sort of sneaky athletic where you see him make some plays you know didn't know that guy could do that and he can so um but yeah i mean I, i think i have a good football team i think the quarterback spots we've been struggling a little bit and we're gonna get that squared away
3: this past weekend you pick up your first win you put 27 points on the board You were talking about the quarterback, how you were struggling. Do you feel like that this previous game allowed your offense to kind of get the spark that you guys need to really get rolling and allow some of those veteran receivers and running backs to really get involved heading into this big rivalry battle?
1: Yeah, see, this is such a unique situation. We didn't play a lot of our guys last week. We're redshirting them. And it's the opportunity to move to Conference USA and it's like, you know, so that's where we got a lot of balls in the air, a lot of moving parts, nine game schedule, not ideal, three bye weeks, not ideal, not be able to play for a championship. You know, my first time in 29 years, the head coach, my my very first meeting and talk about, you know, us winning to win a national championship. It was us playing for the standard. So there, again, you know, we're, we're got a lot of things going on. Now this game, no one's red This game, <laughs> everybody who's, who's able to play, will get out there and play. But um, I, I think, you know, I think Keegan will have – if we can run the ball like we started to run the ball last week, that should really take a lot of pressure off the quarterback. And then you have Ife, and you have Noah, and you have Cody Crest. I got I think he's the best receiver in the country. So hope you're hoping to get some one-on-one matchups with those guys and, and how Keegan get those guys the ball. So, um, yeah, we've had an interesting start. I think this game here can kind of get us, you know – uh, back on track and uh, again I like our team it's just uh, a lot of moving parts with all things going on this year.
0: Coach last year was was we mentioned 96 battles of the Piney Wood uh, last year might have been as classic a game as we've seen you guys were down much of the game Keegan Shoemaker's playing quarterback as Eric Schmidt was injured for that one and Keegan legia on a uh, on a comeback and, and you guys win how much do you draw on, on last year's games or on this win streak? Or, or do you kind of look at it as those were 10 separate wins and it's not one big, long win streak here?
1: No, I, I think we, we draw off those things. I mean, it's, it's, our philosophy always is obstacles or opportunities. And so, you know, not having Eric in that game was just an opportunity. An opportunity for our team to kind of rally around somebody else. You know, we had a game against James Madison. We were down 21 points at halftime. Just an opportunity. Let's see if we can go get seven points. And if we get seven, I, I like our chances. We got seven. And you could just see the pressure. In those two ball games, Eric, there was like a 97% chance of us losing those games at some point in that game. And if you take the national championship, it was 96% when they scored with six minutes left to go in the game. That we had like a 96 So this team has just done a really good job. And we're trying to get that carryover of having the blinders on. We're not playing the next step. If something positive happens, feed off of it. If something negative happens, let it go, move on to the next play. So um, I think what we did last year will definitely help kind of, you know, set the tone for what we want to do this year. And you know, if you you look at the history of this game, there's a lot of close games, even when the teams aren't evenly matched. And there's a lot of, you know, someone's winning the halftime and but loses the game. I bet I bet since I've been here – More than 50% of time, I've been losing at halftime in in this game. It's just one of those games where throw the records out. You know, it doesn't really matter. And both of us have started off a little bit slower than we we wanted to. You're going to get two very passionate teams that believe they can kind of resurrect their season around this rivalry game.
3: Sam Houston has won 59 times out of the 34, 34 losses and two ties, so you guys certainly have the better over Stephen F. Austin. I wanted to ask you: Do you have the uh, the trophy behind you in that trophy case?
1: We we have a we no we actually have a, a, a case out. Um, oh, okay,
3: I was hoping going. to make an appearance on the podcast. <laughs> uh, no,
1: no, it's out there, but it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to go to the band and and play the fight song and raise the trophy over your head and. And then afterwards, everyone's taking pictures with the trophy, like the O-line and the defensive backs and uh, all the trainers. And so it's a big deal. This is a big deal. And as I said earlier, I know it's it's a game that we always recruit. Like, it's like you get a chance to play in this amazing, amazing rivalry. Not everyone has a game like this. And so, like I said, part of me is disappointed that we won't ever play this game again. And part of me will be relieved if I can get that win. (laughs) <laughs> because it is a game that boy, there's a enormous a lot of an, an enormous amount of pressure because you feel the weight of all your alums, you feel the weight of all the guys who wear the orange in the past, you know, going into that ball game. And what our alums will do is they'll come down prior to the game, and they'll actually line the tunnel, and you can hear them in the locker room prior to coming out. And you know, I'm sure a number of them have had. A couple too many adult beverages, and (laughs) some some of them are crying, and they are just screaming like they're cheering you on, and it's like they all want to play one more snap, and if they're gonna play one more snap, they want to play in that game because that's the game that meant so much to them when they played here, and so they translate that into us going out and and performing. Uh, So it's again, it's a very unique um and it's something that um you know hope a lot of people come and watch because it's a special game
0: coach last time you guys were on the field uh, you beat commerce and second half zach herbacek your running back redshirt freshman really came on had over 130 yards uh, rushing did you what uh, was he discovered in that game or is this uh something you you kind of knew he had in him
1: oh no i mean like zach was a big time recruit for us like you know i think I think he got a concussion. Maybe the last game of his senior year, or if he won, have he would have set the record for the most yards in the history of Texas football for 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 uh, for West Texas. Um, so you're talking about like a really. Don't mind my lights just went out. I wasn't <laughs> moving around enough. We, we conserve <laughs> we conserve energy here. You know our 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 electric grid is not the greatest, so we conserve <laughs> energy here. Um, but no, so Zach is a guy that's really dynamic. And, uh, you know, we, you know, I'm so happy that he got that opportunity and he's kind of showed, you can see in practice, he's got that confidence now, you know, which I think he right now, so I think I have a really good one-two punch. And for us to win this game, it's going to be really, really simple. We got to run the football. And if we can run the football, those three wideouts will have opportunities. If we can't run the football and they can kind of sit back and just play some zone and then, then we'll 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 struggle a little bit. But Zach is going to be a big part of this game plan. Him and he and Dez are, are uh really critical with that offensive line to uh you know kind of get us going.
3: Fourth game of the season. You've had an opportunity to play a power five opponent in Texas AM, ranked sixth at the time. Where do you feel like your defense is at? Is it where you expect them to be? They've had an opportunity, you know, they held Texas AM to just one score each quarter. Do you feel like you like where they're at or what are you kind of your expectations for the defense moving forward for the rest of the season? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, we've lost two of the best players in, in my mind in the country, unfortunately on the defensive side. So uh, Markel Perry, um, tore his Peck and just got operated on and shame for Markel. You know, he was the, the uh, preseason defensive player of the year. Uh, and in the whack going into it and in that AM game, he had four tackles for losses in the AM game. I mean, he was the best player on the field in the AM game. So uh, he's out, but great news for him. He gets a chance to redshirt and come back. And then Sincere Jackson, uh, one of our linebackers, who's just a phenomenal football player, um, same thing. You know, he got a shoulder. So we lost two of those, you know, two of our best players uh, on on defense. But uh, overall, I think we've played Roy really, really pretty sound on defense. And uh, we don't have the guys up front like we once did. I mean, I think that we had the best defensive line, maybe, maybe ever in FCS football. You know, with, with Joe Wallace and Jahari Kay and and um, you know, it, it was uh, it was a group that um, you know could really come off the ball and and, and sort of dominate. And the only reason we, one of the reasons we beat North Dakota State was we could control that run game a little bit, which is really hard to do. And we had some you know some great guys up front. But uh, all in all, I think we're playing pretty well on defense. I think we have – we've replaced some of the guys up front, and they're playing solid on the defensive line. Um, You know, Trevor Williams is just all over the field, um, you know, like uh, he always is. And uh, I think we have a pretty good secondary. So um, it's going to be a good contest because they have some weapons offensively that they've been a little hit or miss – but uh, their wideout number two is special. He's just a special, special player. And we can't let him beat us because they're going to try to find all different sorts of ways to get the ball uh, in his hands.
0: Well, Coach, uh, we want to thank you for taking some time out and visiting with us, especially uh, on such a big week. I know you have a, a luncheon on Friday and obviously all the fanfare going out at Energy Stadium this week. And we'll be actually Kendra's going to be there. I'll I'll
3: see, see you there. there. Yeah, I'll be on the sidelines. So I'll see you. Uh, yeah, this is the kind
1: you of there. week you, you put your cot in your office and you say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm living here because a lot of stuff going on, <laughs> a lot of excitement. We have a, we have a fan, uh, a fire fest here on Thursday. We'll break out the fireworks and the team will come out and, and uh, have a lot of fun. So yeah, a lot going on. And it's, it's, again, these rivalry games is what makes college football so special.
0: All right. That is Casey Keeler, the head football coach at Sam Houston. Thanks for listening to the WAC podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast.
1: Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACSports.com.